Welcome to the Evolve Mindset. My name is Chelsea Browse, but most know me online as Chelsbra. I'm an awakening mentor and somatic sexologist who's passionate about the continuous evolution of consciousness. If you're looking to evolve your sex life, career, relationships, finances, or health, then it begins with your mindset and this podcast is for you. My goal is to use this container to provide the tools, knowledge, and insights to further your potential and evolution. I know we're going to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pressing play and let's evolve. Hello, Hyla, and thank you so much for joining me today on the Evolve Mindset Podcast. Thank you for having me. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, today, oh, I feel like it's going to be super juicy. I'm so excited that you've agreed to hop on here. So thank you so much. Um, Hyla is a human design, uh, I like to say expert because, oh my goodness, this stuff is very, very intricate and detailed. <laughs> and <laughs> today I've invited Hyla on to explain the basics of human design by going through my own um chart <laughs> which is could be very personal but I'm very much open to sharing just to help really um, other people understand what human design is all about and how amazing it can be and how transformable transformational for me it has been to understand my chart a little bit more yeah this is going to be fun so I would actually recommend anyone listening to pull up their own chart and maybe navigate with us even though I'll be reading your chart, but they'll um, be able to understand some of their chart as I'm reading yours. And they can do that on mybodygraph.com. Beautiful. Mm. Oh my goodness. Let's just get in there. So yes. Um, Should we get in? Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're a manifester. And um, the coolest thing about a manifester is that they're the only ones, the only designs in human design that can initiate everyone else has to wait and has to have a little bit more patience. Mm. Um, and so that's one out of the five, or you can say four designs that we have, which is the manifester, which is you manifesting generator, which is me, the generator. So I'm a hybrid mm. of you and the generators. And then we have the projector and the reflector, the manifesting generator and the generators are the energy types. The projector, the manifester, and the reflectors are the non-energy types. And the reason why we say that is because they don't have their sacral defined. Mm -hmm. And the sacral, which is just right above the root um, center, is the center or the chakra that produces a lot of physical energy. And so we say that the manifesting generators and the generators are the ones that continue the projects and complete them. So where you would be the one to initiate, it's important for you to have help in continuing and completing projects mm. and not to force yourself because you don't have your sacral defined. So where you have, may have a lot of like initial, like inspiration and energy to initiate a project, there may be some frustration afterwards when you feel like you don't have enough energy to complete the project. Yep. Does that resonate? <laughs> Very much so. It's actually been a constant battle because I have all these like, oh, I should do that. I should do that. Oh my gosh. Like, okay, slow down. I have to actually do things though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Um, 
Manifestors are really amazing channelers. So they can channel a lot of beautiful divine information and be very inspired and have so many projects that they want to initiate on. But there can be frustration around why don't I have enough energy? And um, so in that case, it's really important for us to understand how we're creating our realities with the words that we use, right? Mm. So I always invite my manifestor clients not to say that they can't or it's not possible or they're lazy. So it's really important to honor your design. And there's a reason why you're like that. If we were all perfect and um, didn't need anyone, then there would, you know, there would be no reason for humanity to need each other and mm, to come yes. together. And so in human design, it's shown that we do all need each other. We need the initiator. You know, we need the manifesting generator. We need the reflector. We need the projector. They all have a role to play. And when we all play the, the, our own roles together and come together, we complete and, you know, the projects and make the big impact that we're here to make, but together. Mm -hmm. So you, okay. So like, Let's go into like the basics so everyone can understand. Sure, yeah, the charts definitely. So there are the centers. And if you're looking at the chart, you can see that there are squares and there's a diamond in the middle and there are triangles. And we call those centers, but they're also the chakra system, right? And in the older chakra system, there's seven. But in human design, we believe that as we evolve, new energetic points open up within our bodies. And so over here, you can see that there are nine. And so the ones that are colored in, we call defined. So that's where you know that you can tap into consistent power that is yours and unique to you. And the ones that are open are undefined. And those absorb more conditioning. So as children, you know, you absorbed a lot of conditioning there. So that's where we want to do the, we want to begin in the open centers with the deconditioning process mm. and then go into the defined centers because there can still be conditioning in the defined centers as well. And if you see there are little numbers there as well, those are the gates, kind of like the qualities each chakra system and center holds. And if you have it, if you have a little circle around it, that means you do hold that quality either unconsciously or consciously. And you can activate that. The gates that connect, as you can see, yours connects from, for example, from the throat center to the spleen, 20 to 57. If they connect and make that line connecting one chakra to the next, we call that a channel. That means that the, those two chakras are communicating with each other. And depending on what definition you have. So if you're looking at your chart and you look at the side um, on your chart properties, you'll see it says, it'll say single definition, split definition, triple definition. All that means to make it as simple as possible is that you have groups of chakra centers communicating with each other. If it says single, that means all of your defined chakras are communicating with each other and they're not split up into groups, right? If it's single, it also means that you can operate really well alone. You don't actually need someone to complete that energetic communication between your systems, mm. your chakra centers. Now, if it's split or triple, that means that you work best with groups. 
because when you're with groups, if they have another um, gate that's activated and you have the opposite gate, when you're with them, it feels like you have a complete channel Mm. and you feel more activated, more empowered, more creative. All of the things just start flowing to you. So that's a cool. That's beautiful. um, Yeah, it's really cool, right? So you're single um, and what it looks like here. So let me say, I actually didn't take a look at this, but Mm -hmm. okay. So you're also an emotional authority. Mm -hmm. So let's get into authority a little bit. What the authority is in human design is our decision-making process. And everyone has a different decision-making process that feels different for them. And human design shows us that we make our decisions through our bodies, not our minds. Mm -hmm. So the old paradigm is your power comes from your mind. It's your mind. You manifest through your mind. Human design teaches us it's from our bodies, right? And so your decision-making process is emotional authority. And what that means is that you may feel a pull or a desire or a nudge to do something or to take action or to follow a desire. And then you're going to feel an emotional wave rise up in your job as an emotional authority is to ride that wave. Mm. And patience is very important. (laughs) Emotional intelligence for emotional authorities, emotional intelligence and patience are extremely important. Understanding your body as well, what's happening with my nervous system, when Mm -hmm. I'm triggered, what's happening, you know, because it's the way that I like to simplify it for my emotional authorities is an external or internal trigger happens, occurs, our nervous system reacts. Um, We feel a sensation in our bodies. It turns into an emotion. That emotion creates a narrative. So in that point, the thing that you want to release is the narrative. Mm -hmm. What's happening inside of your body, you cannot control, but you can tell yourself and show yourself that you are safe and learn how to hold sacred space for you to ride that wave without getting caught up in the stories because you will know that those narratives that are coming up from you is coming up from an old state of consciousness because it's a trick. It's a, it's a memory in your body that's playing out, you know? So it's really important to understand that you're processing something old so that you can move forward. And in that state of like waiting and having patience to make that decision and move forward, you're actually embodying more power. So when you actually go ahead and make that decision and take that stand, you're doing it through a higher level of embodiment, which mm. is a really special thing to do. Yeah, definitely. I have a question now because mm-hmm. um, emotional authority is something I have obviously been trying to understand because I know our authorities are super powerful once we like really understand them. Um, so obviously with me being an emotional authority, I, I did read somewhere that um, it's suggested for me to wait 24 hours. Now, would you agree with no. that? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that is not true. Um, it depends where you are in your life. Mm. I have clients where their emotional waves right now, they just started working with me and they're experiencing emotional waves that take days. Mm. I have clients where it takes a day or a couple of hours. Theirs are quick. It depends on how comfortable you are with your emotions, mm. how safe you feel in your body the level of trauma and shadows that you have in your system. So it all depends. We're all on different journeys and we're all in different points in our our timeline. Mm, Yes. And it depends. The one thing that I do suggest is not holding an expectation of when it's going to end because you're not really writing it. When you're writing it, you're like, okay, I trust this wave. 
I surrender to it. And I know that my body is capable of holding whatever it's going to bring me, as well as I have the emotional intelligence to observe the narratives, but not grip onto them and branch out into stories. Mm. Right. I also recommend creating an intention when you're riding a wave. Right. If your intention is clarity or embodiment, um, whatever that is, hold that intention while you're riding the wave. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Now I have one more question okay. about authorities because mm-hmm. um, since I'm like super into human design now, uh, I speak to a lot of my clients about it. I also speak to um, fellow friends really about it. And I have a one friend who is a projector with a soundboarding authority and both of us are super puzzled by that. I'm wondering what um, what you think about that or like how you would suggest them to approach the soundboarding. I've never heard of that. I'm, I'm like, wait. Oh, okay. I think that they're a mental okay, authority. That, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I was like, is there any authority that I haven't heard of? What's going on? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be super honest. I haven't worked with a mental projector yet. Okay. No problem. So I'm not very sure, but, um, I do know that it comes from their defined heads. Mm. And so that's the the head center and the Ajna. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I'm act, yeah, I can't I can't really go further into that because I haven't worked with a mental no projector. Problem. So I haven't navigated that that mm-hmm. authority yet. No problem. Well, I guess there's an invitation when you are able to to navigate that. And um if you ever do, at me and I will share your content to them because mm-hmm. yeah, we've both been yeah. super puzzled by that. So how she's been approaching it is asking her invitation hey like do you mind if I soundboard something off of you and then it's just like on soundboarding off of each other yes. so I think this is where yes. she, the soundboarding piece came from because this is how she okay. kind of um, explained it to me and okay, yeah. so yeah she asked me a question I'm like oh yeah this is how I kind of look at it and she'd be like oh wow now I see my reflection into what you're saying and that yes. so yeah yeah she's doing it right that is awesome because I actually do have a friend I just it slipped my mind but I have a friend that does that as well and he's a mental projector so yeah they just need to say something out loud because Mm. if they try to decide internally it can create confusion Mm. because the head centers are tricky centers like yeah you get wrapped up in the thoughts it's just like a revolving door that never ends so it's really important for them to say it out loud so that they can hear themselves say it and when they say it they'll know Mm. Definitely. Okay. That makes so much sense because that's exactly what she's been doing and the light bulbs that happen. Wow. It's been super helpful for her. Yeah. Yeah. It's also important for her though, to not get caught up in the other person's opinion. Yes. True. So setting the container and choosing the right people to soundboard off of is Mm. really important for her. Yeah. I could really see discernment being a huge, huge piece too. Yeah beautiful thanks for that for answering that yeah all right so yeah like we said the the head centers right Mm -hmm. most of my clients have open head centers okay and so people who have open head centers it's so important for them to have some alone time um not be overly stimulated mentally 
when we are next to other people, we can absorb. Mm-hmm. We don't just have the conditioning as children. We can still absorb other people's things, right? Especially through our open centers. So for example, your head centers are open. So being on maybe social media for, for long periods of time isn't good for you. It's going to make mm-hmm. you feel out of alignment. Very much. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I have my open <laughs> centers. I have to be careful with that. And also remembering that because you have an open sacral as a manifester, you need to honor your body mm. to rest. You know, when your body's like, I need a rest, it's okay to rest, mm-hmm. rest, and then come back when you're ready. As a, you know, someone who has an open root center as well, you don't work well under pressure. Mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone has their root center defined and they're like rushing out of the house, whether it be your partner or friend, and they're just like rushing out, you may feel out of alignment and, and feel scattered because mm-hmm. it's not your thing, you know? So it's really important for you to honor your boundaries and your limits and just be like, okay, wait, I actually need more time to get ready or I need to do it my own way and just honor that and go with that. Mm. That's beautiful. It reminds me nearly almost every morning getting my son ready for school. There's that that rush piece. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, I hate this. (laughs) Yeah, it's really important to plan around that because Mm -hmm. when we do that, um, we show, it's like our body doesn't feel safe, Mm -hmm. right? So it's really important for us to work with our bodies in the way that it needs to. Like we each have our own way of doing things. And when you do it in the way that fits your body's needs, it feels safe. Mm. And if we're manifesting or we're playing with bigger dreams, it's important for us to feel safe right now yes. so that we can hold something else. Because if we don't feel like we can hold what we have right now, it's going to be really hard to hold something bigger. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. why I love human design. Like it just, it teaches you, you know, you, you need rest. You want something bigger. You need to honor your rest. Mm-hmm. You need to honor that you don't work well under pressure. You need to honor your alone time. You also have a number two in your profile line. Um, so anyone that's looking at their chart, they can look at their profile lines on the side under the qualities and you have a two. So you do need your alone time. That's Mm -hmm. the hermit, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of the conditioning around that can be like people telling you that there's something wrong. Like, why do you need so much alone time? Or like, Mm -hmm. why aren't you answering my phone calls or my text messages or that rush to need to answer to other people's needs? you need to answer to your own need first mm. and that need for rest and just being with yourself and introspective is really important for you to do what you came here to do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I hundred percent agree with that. And yeah, I've ever since I was younger, I just enjoyed being alone so much and yeah, you know, people think it's weird or you think you're like, you're, you're, they label that piece, but you know, I know I'm just honoring what feels good to me. Yeah. And it's really special because as a, as someone who has a single definition and the hermit and honors that, um, you just really feel good with your own company. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, you just don't really need anyone. <laughs> yeah. Double, double alone. It's super funny that that's just, yeah. Like, yeah. Super funny. <laughs> yeah. And so let's go into the communication of your defined centers, right? So because it's Mm -hmm. a single definition, they all communicate with each other and that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So the way that this can happen here is in so many ways. Um, Let's see. Okay. So you have your spleen defined, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that 
in that center, we hold intuition and fear. So you may feel, you may really have like a, a deep connection with your intuition. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that you have a deep connection with your yep. intuition. And you feel intuitive nudges. You feel the yes or no, the left or the right, you know? So you feel that nudge and you, we can, let's say that that sensation or that feeling goes to your heart center. Your heart center is self-worth. Oh no, let's wait. I'm sorry. I'm like navigating. I'm navigating your chart for the first time. So no problem. Excuse me. But okay, let's go into, yeah. So the heart center, if you feel like you're not worthy, you can like stop that process of energetic communication in your body, which is also the way that we manifest to halt. Mm. Right. So it's really important that you do connect to your self-worth. When you feel that intuitive nudge, you also connect to the self-worth. And if that's something that you've been working on to really take, you know, initiate on that, like lead yourself to remember, you know, what is self-worth to you? How does that feel? How do I lead myself to really establish my self-worth? And then after that little communication process, you will feel your G-Center activated and that's your identity and direction. And so once you, you know, you feel the intuitive nudge, you're, you're like, yes, I'm freaking worthy. I'm going for it. And then you feel that sense of direction and then you speak it out loud. You're a manifester. So it's really Mm -hmm. important for you to speak, Mm -hmm. speak your manifestations. You don't have to speak it to anyone else, but just saying things out loud for yourself is really important. Then you ride the emotional wave, right? And we have to remember with the emotional waves that just because you're riding an emotional wave and just because specific emotions or narratives come up, it's not the universe telling you that this thing is not for you because I think that people go a lot with like oh but I received the sign and this sign and this sign right and there's a big lack of discernment around what is a sign Mm -hmm. right so it's really important to understand that even if your emotional wave is bringing up things that feel complete opposite to what you desire or what your dreams are it has nothing to do with the end decision like the end result of this experience. Mm. The only thing that that's meant to do is it's meant to bring you clarity. And this morning I was like, just thinking of this example, you know, when you're like really sick, like you're bedridden and Mm -hmm. you feel like you're dying. You're like death, Mm -hmm. death is knocking at my door. Like I'm so sick. I feel so horrible. And then there's one day after like three days of being sick in bed, you wake up and it's like, all your senses are like heightened and you feel like you're just healed and you feel amazing and you have so much clarity and you have so much courage and confidence and everything. You're like, I'm going to do all the things. Oh my God. I feel so great. Mm -hmm. It's like you were reborn. That's how I kind of imagine the emotional wave, like all of the, Mm. you know, the tides can come in and those tsunamis and the sensations and you feel horrible and you can sob and it's like, you're grieving. But then afterwards there's this clarity. It's like the, the clouds are parting and you're just like, no, I know why I came here. I know what I'm meant to do. I'm going to, I'm going to freaking do it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going, you know? So it's really important to use that as an opportunity to claim more power and not victimhood. Mm. 
Well, that's crazy. I'm just trying to imagine like the emotional waves because I obviously have them. That's that's just a mm-hmm. part of me. And yeah, like they could be pretty wild and literally like just like like you described it, you know, when you're sick and then all of a sudden you are feeling better. You wake up and you're ready to take on the world. I'm like, yeah, like when I'm that emotional wave is done, that's that's exactly how I feel. Like I'm I'm ready. Like I am in my power and now I can do whatever it is that I was so stuck on. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That's such a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of emotional authorities around me. So it's, it's been really fun to observe them and mm. study them. I'm a six two. So, um, that's the role model hermit and my whole path as a line six is make it really short suffering, <laughs> then, um, extracting wisdom, mm. integration, and then becoming the role model. Mm. So I'm a big observer especially as a hermit as well. So I observe a lot. My whole thing is to observe internal processes within myself and then with other people and help them create clarity amidst chaos. Mm. And I feel like for women, you know, that have been suppressed for so long, emotionally, energetically with their bigness, because their bigness is connected to their emotions, their creativity, the whole death and rebirth process that happens so often inside of a woman is connected to the emotions and understanding and trusting their energy, right? Like if a woman comes, walks into a room and she's highly intuitive and she's like, oh, I don't want to be here. I'm going to go home. And someone's like, oh, but you're so sensitive. Mm-hmm. You just, just stop. You're like so judgmental or they like label all these things. Yes. And it's just her internal wisdom communicating. So I really do believe that there's so much bigness in everyone, but I am very fascinated with emotional authorities because their processes are a little bit more intricate Mm. than, for example, mine. I'm a sacral authority. So mine, it's like excitement. It's like a child for you. It's like, oh my God, I want that. I want that. And it's like, okay, go do it, you know? But with an emotional authority, you know, maybe they have their sacral divine, they have that, but then there's this whole wave that comes. So I, I imagine like, Okay, someone that has their sacral defined, like a generator or a manifesting generator um, that has the emotional authority defined as well, that they feel that like urge, like that childlike urge, mm-hmm. and then they ride that wave. Like imagine all of the the childhood narratives and the conditioning mm. that comes up in that wave. You yeah. know, oh, you're so irresponsible. Like you don't even think about it. Like you're mm-hmm. supposed to like check this, check that. How are you gonna do that? Like all the yeah the adult voices coming into that you know the, the yes internal critic like all of the that. judgments yeah definitely yes. oh my goodness that even just like that struck a chord for me as just being a kid I don't obviously you know I don't have my sacral defined but still like when you get super excited and into something you're super passionate about and you follow it and you don't really like think through like the little details like that you're just doing because it, it feels good and to other people like that could be intimidating that that could be um, reckless, immature, like all these things to them, because obviously it's not something that they're feeling aligned with, but like, you're just riding that wave and as sovereign beings, like that's super powerful. And yeah, it could be a little scary for other people. Yeah. We were all, I mean, like, if you really think about it, we were always taught not to trust our bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just in love with this. I'm, I'm so in love with human design because of that. It's not only trust your body, but look, look, I'm going to tell you why to trust your body. I'm going to Mm. show you why. Mm -hmm. And then as you're looking at that and as you're studying your chart and really playing with your chart, right? Like I, 
like to use it as light as possible because I really do believe that when we overthink something or we we're too serious with something, it becomes it, it's not embodiment. I it agree. It becomes too heady, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And too controlling. And that's not the point of human design. The point of human design is to give you a permission slip to be yourself and to right. live through your body. Mm. That's beautiful. I totally agree with that. Like it, you kind of like lose that childlike innocence and that fun when you just get too much in the head and you're taking it too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really not about that. It's like I told you before we began, even though human design seems so intricate and there's so much information inside yeah. of it, <laughs> there's only one thing that we actually need to do and it's master our authority mm. because the information that's in our chart is just showing us what's already existent within us. And there's either a conditioning that's suppressing it, or there is um, a lack of trust, you know, maybe something that needs to be processed. We just need to integrate these qualities. And the only way that we can do that is by following our authority. So whether mm. you're a splenic authority, um, mental authority, ego authority, emotional authority, sacral authority, whatever you are, you just have to master that decision-making process and really drop the hows and the shits, which is all based on control. And it's what we taught, we were taught growing up, you know, to really pay attention to the shits. Everyone was shitting us. It's like, but you should study this. You should do this. You should create this path and you should stay in this relationship and Mm -hmm. you should respect this person, you know? And it's like, but why if your body's telling you otherwise? So you're really the only person that can actually teach yourself how to trust your body. Like there is no one else. Exactly. Um, the most we can do is go have a guide that we're attracted to, that we are, our authority is leading us to and have that guide help us navigate this, you know, new relationship that we're building with our bodies yes. that's the most that we can do but that person can't actually show you the path like they can't they can't walk it you. for you <laughs> yeah there's no like set of instructions it's not like they can help you navigate and help you understand but you're still gonna have to process things you know um I really I was having this conversation with someone the other day about what freedom is and we were talking about how freedom is simply the understanding that we have the capacity to feel feelings Mm. and we're safe feeling emotions. And the moment where we no longer fear feeling specific emotions or feelings, we're free. Yes. Because the only thing that manipulates us is our emotions. It's not people or anything else. It's the emotion that we don't want to feel that manipulates us into either standing in place and not moving forward or limiting ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally true. And that's actually a big piece of what my work is. Um, I'm a somatic sexologist and the modality that I teach is called self-pleasure and it, and it's teaches embodiment is really essentially what it does. It allows you to rewire, um, whatever the brain is associating with whatever emotion you're feeling. And it, you're able to not really control, but you're able to see your triggers. You're able to see what you're labeling as good or bad and the fear and the freeze and the, like the flight run all those stuff that's associated with it and be able to take that power back and gain liberation. Like exactly what you're saying, your own freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, 
extremely important. Seeking freedom externally doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> freedom is uh, cultivated within the body. Yes. It's freedom. It's emotional freedom, right? When we feel emotional freedom, um, we're able to play with the full spectrum, the full range of emotions and understand that they're just visitors passing by and that each one will always have wisdom. Like none of them are trying to, you know, destroy us. They're either here to teach us, to lead us, even the, you know, lower frequency feelings. Mm -hmm. And while many of us want, you know, more joy and more excitement and more like all of that stuff, the thing is that if we don't have the capacity to feel the lower frequency Mm -hmm. emotions, we won't really have the capacity to feel the higher frequency because sometimes actually joy can be feel very overwhelming to the nervous system. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. And yeah, just really regulating your nervous system. So like you said, so you could feel the lower and the higher because it's like you're um you're cutting out your own capacity to to feel the higher because that the lower you're just kind of shutting it down. So you're going to shut it down over mm-hmm. here too. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just because it's joy or like, you know, excitement that the nervous system is not going to feel um, unsafe, right? Mm-hmm. Safe, emotional safety has to be with the full spectrum. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, so let's play into manifestation too. Because mm-hmm. our human design teaches us how to manifest. And well, the first thing I want to um, just remind everyone, because I know I've said this so many times, but the, the mind, we're not meant to make decisions in our mind, right? So it's really, really important to remember that we make decisions from our bodies. So mm-hmm. we manifest from our body. So whatever is within our body, is what we're going to manifest. So if you have some shadows that you don't want to work on that keep coming up for you or um, some triggers that, again, are also creating patterns in your life and you don't want to work with that, you want to just skip to the next level, it's not going to work. And even if it does, it's going to be like playing Russian roulette. Like maybe sometimes it's going to, (laughs) it's going to be a gamble. Yeah. And that's not what we want. That doesn't create confidence. We want clarity. We want confidence. We want all those things that I know what I'm doing and I know who I am like oozes power Mm and embodiment. So we do need to understand how we function. So it's really important to create, cultivate emotional intelligence, understand how to integrate shadows, um, process traumas or triggers, and really understand how your body processes information, which you can do through human design. And then understanding that your mind is there to help you and to serve others, not to run the show. Mm. Our body is meant to make decisions and you make your decision from your authority. So the first step to manifesting is really mastering your authority. Mm. That's really, really important. And uh, your, we have this center called the G center. And if anyone's looking at their chart, it's, and if it is uh, defined, it is, like the yellow diamond in the middle. And that's also referred to as the magnetic monopole. So it's the magnet within us. It's like the manifester. It's the 
magnetizing manifestation tool within us. Mm. And that's where we hold identity, love, and direction. So really just imagine someone that like is just in love with who they are or who they're becoming. You know, if you don't have it defined, just a reminder for those that don't have it defined and feel like they're on this wave of, well, sometimes I know, but sometimes I don't like, don't shame yourself or guilt yourself for moving through those experiences. Connect to the trust that you're always becoming if you don't have that defined and you can find power there. So someone that trusts who they're becoming or knows who they are and knows where they're going has this thing about them, the certainty, this knowing, and they, they take their action. They have no, it's like, no, even if the doubt is there, I'm like, no, you know, and when we talk about collapsing timelines, all that is, is it's collapsing the space in between you and the decision Mm -hmm. instead of playing into the doubts, right. Playing into the timeline, the linear timeline. We're like, no, I can do this now. And then when we act, then the universe supports us. Right. We have to remember that. Like it's not about sitting down and, and reading mantras or anything. Yeah. Like or <laughs> hearing frequencies. It's um we have to know what we want, know where we're going, know who we are or who we're becoming or what we're creating. And we use our authority to make the decision and take the action. And the universe will always support us. And now aside from that, we also have our arrows. And the arrow that you want to be looking at on your chart is there's four arrows. Mm -hmm. As you can see, the lower one that is gray on on the right-hand side, we need to look and see if that's facing left or right. So as you can see, yours is facing left, Mm -hmm. just like mine. Okay. And that makes us specific manifestors. If it's facing right, you are a non-specific manifestor. And what that means is that you manifest through feelings. You and I, specific manifestors, we manifest through getting specific. Mm-hmm. So whatever that means for us, we don't have to like write a book on all the details of the car that we want to manifest. Um, but whatever it means to you. And also, even though, even if you're a specific manifestor, you also still want to get excited about the thing. Mm-hmm. Something that I love playing into is scripting. Have you ever done it before? Scripting? No, I haven't. Yeah. Okay. So it's a really fun um, exercise. So it really is just about like writing in your journal or writing a letter to yourself as if you completed the thing. Mm. So it's just like your you know, future self. And if you want to wake up and write about how your day went, so that's really good for specific manifestors because now you're, you know, oh, then I had this call and it went like this and this mm. happened and I made this decision, but you're writing from this, like, I would suggest writing from excitement and your signature feel. And that's also under your chart qualities for you as a manifestor, it's peace. For yes. me as a manifesting generator, it's satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So you want to write for you from the sensation of like peace and feel that in your body, really generate that and generate excitement around everything you accomplished and how beautiful your day went. And then you start your day. So you're starting your day as if it already happened. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm going to try that. Yeah. Yeah. That works better for me than just making a list, like making yeah. I'm not connected to like the list manifestation practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it brings up nothing in me. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that manifestation 
when we're playing into manifestation, we should playing, be playing into connecting to the identity within us mm-hmm. that lives from that state of being. Yeah. And so no, if there are no emotions involved, involved in our manifestation practice, then we're lacking a big piece. Yeah, totally. And I, I 100% agree with you. Um, it's like you have to feel like it already happened in order to actually magnetize that to you. I 100% agree with that. I've always had trouble with lists though. And I, I knew that I was, because I knew about the arrows. I knew I was already specifics. Okay, well, how am I going to make a list? I'll make these lists. And it's so funny you mentioned, like, I'm super detached to lists. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, I can't get any feeling into it. I'll try my best because I, I know how to cultivate joy. I can cultivate gratitude. I can do all those things. But as I'm writing it, I'm like, Ugh, I don't like this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've always been like obsessed with <laughs> the practice of manifestation. Mm-hmm. And I started with like the really old school books from like Florence, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I just started really with that old school, old paradigm teaching of like, think the thing. And then it was like, okay, now Joe Dispenza. Yeah. And then it went into human design. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think that just, and I, I also played with shadow integration around manifestation. Mm. So I think that it's just that everyone has a really big piece. But like I mentioned before, we all need each other to create the big impact that we're looking for. So when you take all of this and put it together, you will see that it does work. It's just that everyone's teaching it from a state of consciousness that they're in. Yeah. And so if someone's way more, you know, let's just say evolved on their timeline and they're a bit more conscious and they've integrated a lot, they're going to be teaching from that space. Mm-hmm. Now, someone that has to deal with a lot of shit right now and is really into shadow integration, they're going to teach from that space. But if we put it all together, we can create our own way of doing it. But we do need to remember that manifestation, the thing that we want to manifest, it's a new level of our identity that creates that with ease. Mm-hmm. So we have to connect to that identity piece, right? If there's something really big that we're calling in, we have to understand that we have to up-level as well. Mm-hmm. There is no, well, I don't need to evolve to have that thing. Yes, we do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> we need to show up in a specific way. We need to make sure that we have the capacity, emotional capacity for it, the emotional intelligence. We need to, our, our way of being needs to grow as well and human design is always always um, inviting us to grow and to step forward and when we begin to master our centers and understand this energetic communication within us how to tap into our power how to tap into these higher states of being and when I say higher states of being it's just like really always working on up leveling your identity which is already in you, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not like you're being a new person, you're throwing who you are away. It's just like you're evolving and you are tapping into more of your power, then that transmits into your auric field. So this is how we get into strategy. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own strategy, right? And for me, it's to respond, respond to opportunities. For you, it's to inform. Mm-hmm. So for a manifestor, I would even see like this <gasps> desire to yeah. like, initiate <laughs> something. Mm-hmm. And then that desire is going to go out here and it's going to invite in experiences or opportunities or people for you to inform, mm. right? Because now you, you want to inform as a manifestor, 
to create less resistance because manifestors don't like people headbutting with them. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they don't want people just being like, no, that's mm-hmm. really frustrating for manifestors. Yeah. So when you inform, depending on how you inform, right, we always want to inform in a very um, not a passive aggressive way, yeah. not a, you know, not a mean way, but we want to inform from a place of emotional intelligence. And uh, then we move forward. It doesn't just because a person says, okay, well, I don't agree. That's not a sign for you not to move forward, mm-hmm. but now they know. So there's less resistance, even though there may be a little bit of resistance, mm-hmm. you know, around the people, but the less resistance, the better for you to move forward. Yeah, that's I'm, honestly that informed piece. It's so crazy how much that alone has helped me in my relationship specifically. Um, my partner and I, communication, obviously any relationship is huge. And for me, like having that hermit piece and like just like being very like internal, I've just, and also with the energy of manifestor, it's like very like, bah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a lot of things I would do, I would just like come out of left field for my partner and I'll be like doing this like, planning like a trip across the world or something out of nowhere and he was like where is this coming from like but I've been thinking about this for months but it's you know like if I had I informed a month ago you know so yeah, yeah that informed piece has been so huge for me and because it's super new for me it's like you said coming from more of like a loving space is what I've been really focusing on because like when I'm coming up with these ideas like it's it's very just like innocent and it just comes up but with that emotional intelligent piece because I have to understand this person is receiving this thing that I'm informing instead of just shooting it at them and projecting it at them coming at a loving space and realizing that someone has to receive that but at the same time like you mentioned not letting that no stop me yeah exactly and also the informing piece is so interesting for manifestors because you know, you have this field around you, this energetic field. So when you inform, you also receive feed, receive feedback that you can get clarity from mm. that can help you as you move through what right. you're initiating on. So it's really, really cool. It's, it's kind of like the energetic communication between your auric field and the field around you, mm. you know? And so when people say, oh, you know, it's your being, it's from being, it's not doing. That's what human design teaches. It really is your being because you're an initiator. But for those of us that are not manifestors and we don't get to initiate, we really have to focus on our being because Mm. um, like, for example, for projectors, it really is about, and for everyone else, you know, it, it really is about honoring your body, understanding that communication between your centers and really keeping that line of communication between you and your body and your centers really clear. Um, honoring your profile lines, right? If you have specific centers that are open, honoring time with those centers so that you can filter that out, whatever you absorb throughout the day. And just really being in your zone of genius and understanding that you don't have to be the person that does everything. Mm. And when you're in your zone of genius and you're really surrendering to like your authority and all the things that you're being pulled to, and dropping the shoulds and dropping the hows and just really being in your bliss and in your zone of genius, people, opportunities, invitations will come to you. So they will come to you for all the rest of us that are not manifestors. <laughs> we don't have to initiate. You can just be in your zone of genius and you will be seen and keep, you will be invited. So again, that's a deeper level of trust and a mm-hmm. deeper level of embodiment that is needed because we can't pretend to do these things. 
this is energetic communication. Energy does not lie. Yeah. So the mastery around your authority and really deepening your self-trust is absolutely crucial for the energy within you to do what it's here to do and to allow you to have more ease in your life. Because really living by your design really does create a lot of ease. The resistance that we feel is just, it's people allow resistance to stop them from moving forward in life because they don't understand their bodies. And once you understand it, you'll know how to navigate it. Mm, yeah that's so true and I, I always find like resistance is a big thing that I dive into with my clients and I find with resistance <clears throat> just exploring it with myself behind that resistance oh my gosh there's so much growth like once you just kind of get over that uh, and you actually dive in oh my goodness the rewards are just insane yeah it really is if you learn how to work with resistance then you're golden like you're, you're great. <laughs> that's, mm. that's it. Because resistance is when we are, when our body is feeling resistance, we're closed off to everything. We're closed off to opportunities, connection, presence, um, manifesting abundance, life, relationships, everything. But when we're open and we're trusting because we understand ourselves and we trust our bodies, then we become an energetic match you know, with what's meant for us. Mm, That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. And one more awesome thing that we have here in the chart is the incarnation cross. And the incarnation cross is our purpose. Mm. So when we, you know, when we read about our incarnation crosses, it's always going to mean something different as you are navigating your journey, right? It's going to mean what it is it needs to mean in that moment. And, and like I said before, it's like from different states of consciousness, right? You read it, you look at your chart from different states of consciousness, from different points on your evolutionary process, and it's going to look different. Mm -hmm. So yours is really interesting because it is about being the initiator and not only being the initiator, but it's really important for you to be on the ground level of every project and not jumping in in the middle of the project. Interesting. Like your excitement and your your purpose is meant to be involved from the beginning, mm, from the yep. creation. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel that <laughs> my whole body. I, I've never looked at the incarnation cross, so I'm very interested um, with what you're saying. And hearing that right away, that's that's me. yeah yeah and isn't that interesting because speaking of resistance like imagine if you were to go in midway Mm. and there's already like all this information and all these ways of doing things there would you would probably feel resistance in your body Mm -hmm. right and that's your body like no this is not for you Mm -hmm. but on the other hand resistance can also come from trauma or shadow right so Mm -hmm. it's really important to have that discernment Exactly. Oh my goodness. That's so true. And it's just reminding me um, of the times that I have jumped midway into a project. I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's just so much going on. And like, I don't like how this is happening. I don't, I wouldn't do it that way. And like, just things like that, like maybe my own judgments, but it just, it did not feel uh, good to me really. Mm -hmm. And then that initiation piece for me, like I love starting a project I love like the excitement Mm -hmm. and the the emotional Mm -hmm. 
uh, connection you get from creating something from the beginning and like kind of seeing it come up. But then a lot of me usually gets bored once it comes like midway. And there's there has been a lot of guilt associated with that because then like you kind of look at yourself critically and you're like, man, I have all these projects I've started, but I haven't finished anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, because your sacral is undefined, right? That's super normal. Yeah. Um, and the conditioning around that is that there's something wrong with me. Exactly. Like I I never finish things. I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? And that's not true. You did your job. Mm-hmm. Your job was to initiate. But then you need someone else to continue and complete, right. which would be someone with a, sac- a defined sacral, a generator or a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when my manifestor clients are in the point where they know that they need to start hiring someone, at least get an assistant or have a guide or something. So they need something. And they're questioning the investment. Mm. I always remind them that the moment that they invest, their auric field will begin manifesting again. You know, they they need to be tuned up all the time energetically. They need to be trusting. So true. Because that one decision is going to like enhance your energy, enhance your creativity, enhance your magnetism. And it's going to bring everything to you. You don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. You have to worry about working with your design so that you can be in that aligned state energetically and communicating properly to attract everything that's meant for you. And when you are playing into your, you know, your design and your authority, you will naturally live out your incarnation cross, which is your purpose. Mm. You don't actually have to try. So anyone that pulls up their incarnation cross, I just want to remind you, like, you don't have to try to live out your purpose. You just have to understand that you're always being led and your body is always responding. And so your job is to trust that. Mm, that's so beautiful. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's human design has so much information. Oh my goodness. It does. And- <laughs> But, you know, for anyone that's new to this, I highly recommend just really understanding your authority. That's if there's one thing that I would invite you to master and play into and really create a really beautiful relationship with is the authority. And then understanding how you can respect your open centers and um, really integrate boundaries that honor your open centers because all open centers are not just here to be conditioned and to suffer. Their main objective is to extract wisdom from life. Mm. And so if we know how to honor our open centers and we know the boundaries that we need to place to protect our open centers, they will be a source of wisdom. I like to call them like the seers. I'm like obsessed with the Viking shows <laughs> so in the Viking shows. They have the seers, mm-hmm. you know, it's like um, the ones between the humans and the gods that see past, um, see what we don't see, just like the reflectors, the mm-hmm. reflectors only have open centers. And while some may think that that's a bad thing, I see that as a really beautiful thing. They're the wisdom keepers. The, they are the reflectors, you know, they show us what we don't see yes. as seers. So they are here to hold so much wisdom. And once the reflectors learn how to work with their own bodies and set up their own boundaries and find power in how they function, they will rise in the way that they're meant to rise. Mm. Yeah, I actually have a reflector friend and it's, it's super interesting. 
uh, to navigate with her specifically because she just feels like she absorbs like everything from everyone. Like she just like literally like feels it. And we we really believe. Uh, well, we 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 did believe there's a lot to do with like uh, being an empath. But for me, like I've been learning a lot about empaths, and I've my entire life I thought I was one. And this is going to be like either triggering or like whatever it is that the people was just I, fi- I invite people to just kind of like think on it. Um, being an empath is more so to do with like kind of being in your own emotional body and experiencing your own shadows of trauma and your body is now reacting to it. That's kind of like what I, I actually read from a trauma expert. And yeah, no, it, it may be triggering or not. You could take or take or leave that bit of whatever, but. Um, the reason I bring it up because when I found out she was an empath like she just immediately told me like yeah like in any room I go into like I can really just like know right away the vibe the energy and like all these things I just felt that was super interesting when I found out what her human design was Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so everyone that has an emotional uh center or solar plexus center open we consider empaths Mm -hmm. um but again, you have to understand, we all have to understand that there is always an opportunity for us to reclaim our power. Yes. My emotional center is open. And I see that as something super powerful because working with my clients, what happens is they may not understand or because of so much suppression around emotions, Mm. they may suppress their own emotions, but I will feel something and it's amplified through my center. Yes. And so it's also, instead of like just seeing that they, they're feeling that thing, I'll help, I'll ask them specific questions to reconnect to themselves. So as a coach or a guide, having open centers is a really powerful thing because you can read people through your open centers and connect to the wisdom that's there if you know how to navigate open centers. Now, another thing is I too will walk into a room and feel the frequency. Mm-hmm. And I am working, you know, in operating from a specific frequency, every new level of identity that we um, rise into has a new level of frequency. When we are working with guides or coaches, it's because we want to recalibrate to their frequency. It's all energetic. Yes. Right. So because I work with that so deeply within myself, when I walk into a room or into a space, I will feel something. Mm -hmm. And then in that moment, I get to decide if I want to be there or not and respect my decision. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, when I feel it, I do use my authority to make the decision though. Because just because I feel like someone is at a different evolutionary state than me doesn't mean I'm going to be like, oh, I'm not talking to you. Yes. you know? like, just, I yeah. have so many friends that are not on this path. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we still have a connection. I do feel it. Right? I do feel like the, the lower frequency, which low and high frequency doesn't mean anything. It's not exactly. a good thing. Yes. I don't really, really believe in that um, labeling. But... It's like, I have mastered my centers so well, and I know what I need, and I am the creator of my reality. So I get to choose, and I know how to navigate my authority. Mm. And so when I am in that situation, I know how to navigate that situation while I stand in my power instead of making myself a victim. Yeah, totally. So this is all an opportunity for us to reclaim our power and our sovereignty, and the way that we make decisions in life, to be the creator, to create, right? But it's not about um, shrinking and hiding. Mm. 
you know, that's, that's not what it's about. It, it really is about mastering our ability to hear how these centers communicate with us, knowing that they are always guiding us to be like the brightest light that we all came here to be, to live our mission. And we are meant to connect with other people, but we're meant to do it in a way that where we're respecting ourselves, right? Because hmm. that's also another thing, um, you know, some people are scared to like hold boundaries or even connect to their yes. boundaries. Um, but they don't understand that when we don't have boundaries, we're also disrespecting other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not really helping them because we're being in, we're in a situation that we don't want to be. So then this person is with us when we don't actually want to be there yep. or we're doing something that we don't actually want to do. And they had an opportunity. If we would were to say no and honor our boundaries, then they would have had an opportunity to find someone who actually did want to be there, exactly. who did want to take that space up. So there's no scenario where we're disrespecting ourselves and being good to someone else. We can only be good to someone else when we're respecting ourselves. Mm, yeah, I 100% agree. I love that so much. It's honoring our own sovereignty, our own self-love. And I know there's this big misconception when we're like so in our own body and we're this this self-love piece people are like oh no that that's being selfish but no really like if if my cup is completely full if if i'm completely just embodying love how can how can i ever share anything that isn't love with someone else like it just exudes and it attracts that mm-hmm. to you like yeah it's something i'm very very passionate about yeah and when we're living through that embodiment that's an opportunity for that person to have something light up within them, to activate something within them, whether it does or not. But people move forward because of embodiment, mm-hmm. not because of information. So we can be in a room full of people and give them all this information. But if we're not giving this information from a state of embodiment, they're not going to feel inspired or pulled to um, move forward themselves, right? Because also, the frequency in our voice changes through embodiment. Oh my gosh. And if that shifts and we're speaking, then the person in front of us, their authority will be able to respond to that, mm-hmm. right? So again, it is embodiment. And through embodiment, we need to trust ourselves deeply, completely. Oh. We need to respect ourselves. We need to set up boundaries. These are like the, the basic yes. groundwork, right? What are your values? Mm-hmm. What are your desires? Are you even connected to desires? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the women that I work with in the beginning, they don't know what their desires are. Yep. They don't know what their values are. It's like, yeah, I have values. Okay, then let's list them. Mm-hmm. Crickets. Yep. No, I do have boundaries. What are they? Okay, what are they? Crickets. Mm-hmm. It's like they only know that they need a value when they're pushed up against the wall yeah. or they only know what their boundary is when they're triggered. Mm-hmm. That's not power. That's victimhood. Exactly. So we need to understand ourselves and understand our bodies thoroughly and in the deepest way possible and stop looking externally so that we can embody that sovereignty. And when we speak, people, other energetic types have something to respond to. Mm. And that's how we all grow together. Totally. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for going into detail with that. Um, I guess I have one more question because I feel like we can just talk and talk and talk, obviously, because human design is super, super like detailed and it has like all these things left and right we can go into. Um, 
and you're just like super awesome to talk to. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have one more question and maybe this is a bit more detailed, but I just have a question now. Um, Because with my own um, line, I guess is what it's called. It's a two, four. And I believe that's Mm -hmm. a a hermit opportunist, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that like, I feel like it's like the joke of all lines. (laughs) Yeah. Just because it, it's it's the hermit, so it it really is like suggesting that I'm alone, really. And then there's this mm-hmm. other other piece to it where I'm the opportunist, where I get my opportunities through other people. I think is what I've understood yeah. from. I'm like, okay, well, like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's explain that. Um, it's really important to understand how to work with polarities when we're working with human designers. Mm. Two are completely polar opposites, but if we play into that line, an aligned person that's totally playing into this line correctly, what that would, what that may look like is your body. Again, your body's going to be like, no, go into the room. Like we're going to, we're going to go into the cave, you know, like we're going to go in. We're just, I want to spend this weekend alone. I don't want to connect with anyone. I just want to be with myself. The first thing that we have to remember is like, don't start going mentally haywire with like the conditioning of like, oh my God, I should be working. Mm. I should, I should, I should. Because remember the shits in the house, horrible. They create misalignment right away. Mm-hmm. If we don't catch them. So it's like, oh, okay. All right. I'm going to do this. Like I, you know, I'm going to spend time with myself. We always have to, what I always invite my clients to do is to fall in love with what you desire to embody. Like if you are a hermit, fall in love with that. See all of the sides of how this is benefiting you. It's like, oh, I have a, an opportunity for deeper embodiment. I'm going to spend more time with myself. I'm going to nourish myself. I'm going to make sure that I can filter out my open, um, open center so that when I come back out and reconnect to my power and understand myself so that when I come back out, I am radiating, I am magnetizing. So for you, you need that hermit, that introspection, that alone time, to reconnect to your power centers and filter your open centers and come out ready and, and shine so that you can attract those opportunities and connect to those opportunities. So it's like a balance mm. when you don't play into the hermit and you try to do that, you become forceful. Yeah. Right? And that's where the resistance from other people may come. Manifestors are really, really strong. So when I see them, when I, <laughs> when I coach them and guide them, um, it's like, I want this but I want it my way. Yeah. You know, it's like this big attitude and that can be really powerful and really beautiful, but if they are not nourished and they don't understand themselves, it can come off as very repelling. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're like exhausted, right, you don't have your signal defined, you're exhausted. You're not honoring your emotional waves. You are just really pushing for success. You're like, no, I'm, I'm an initiator. I'm going to push, 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 push. And then you appear in this networking event or like at an event or a retreat, whatever it is, um, you have all these opportunities surrounding you, but your auric field is not tuned up to who you naturally are, then because you're not honoring yourself, then you're going to repel the opportunities Mm -hmm. instead of attract them, you know? So there's always a reason for something in the chart. 
one thing has to be on point for the other thing to work. Mm, oh my goodness, that's so true. And then and what always comes to me is anytime that I fall ill or like I'm sick for whatever reason, it's usually from push, 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 and then my body just kind of shuts down. And then when I'm in the sick state, uh, where you it's time to rest and be that hermit and just kind of like just be still and heal I have like this in my mind like okay okay like you're still like no 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 you gotta go like you gotta keep going <laughs> so it is a constant reminder um internally for myself be like hey it's time to slow yeah. down this is the rest time yeah and I love how you were like oh it's in my mind your mind is open yeah right so what can be in your mind in that moment is the concept because the I think it's the Ajna Center that does hold concepts Mm -hmm. is the concept of success that was conditioned within you of like Mm. you have to keep going just override it like successful people they work from you know 7 a.m to 1 a.m and like why are you not doing that yeah what's the point Mm -hmm. right if you're working from force then again this is very old paradigm and what once worked before Yes, it did work because that was the evolutionary state that we were in. But as we evolve, new things are going to be working and the old things won't work anymore. So we have to understand that. And we are very adaptable as humans and we have to adapt. Right now, we are in an energetic state of existence and we communicate energetically and we create success energetically. And so these old concepts, you know, for anyone that has the open Ajna center, that internal like thought of like no but you have to just override it just do it that's an old paradigm concept Mm -hmm. that was conditioned into you that's still there and it's okay that it's still there but it's like take a deep breath go back into the body no I want to rest yeah and as you do it you're going to notice that it's like there's so much it's so much more sustainable Mm -hmm. to create the lifestyle and success simultaneously where you're happy in both And you're not struggling and you don't need vacation and you don't, you know, Yeah. I feel like I I more need vacation from like the time off that I take because I'm so connected to my business and I'm so connected to what I do. I thrive off of it and I feel so much life from it. It's life giving for me. Mm. And we'll see that if we do really play into our designs, what you do will feel life giving. It will feel like you're always receiving even though you're the one that's doing, but yeah. you're doing becomes a natural extension of your expression, you know? So anytime those shoulds and those hows come like trying to crack the codes, it's like, no, just let it be easy. Like mm-hmm. I want to rest. One thing that you can start with, if like the conditioning really does come in is maybe asking yourself, like holding intention. Okay. I want to rest. How do I want to rest? Do I just want to lay here? Do I want to go out for a walk? Like maybe creating that clarity will help you instead of just being like, Mm. every time I want to move forward, I can't. The clarity piece will help you. Asking your authority, you know, like really tapping into your intuition. Okay, do you want to rest? Okay. Do you want to go out for a walk or do you want to lay down? Okay. If you lay down, do you want to go to sleep or do you just want to lay there? With your eyes open, eyes closed. You know, just like begin communicating with your body and seeing how it wants to do it instead of shutting it down, being like, oh, this is bad. But now I'm being forced to rest. Mm -hmm. 
that's not going to help us, you know? Oh, that's so true. And yeah, that is definitely a deeply conditioned belief um, for myself in which I feel like it's a very common thing because he said it's a very old paradigm. It's so true. And the way I like to approach it is, yes, acknowledging it because I find that super important. Shutting it down is just mm-hmm. going to be like coming back and it's going to come back. And it's going to come back. Um, but I really like to invite like a little bit of love and appreciation with that acknowledgement and be like, yeah, you know what? Thank you. Like you were super helpful for whatever time where I needed you, but now is not the time. Like I'm good. You no longer serve me. And then kind of like going from there. Um, but yes, like it's, it is definitely a constant battle trying to like scoop out those old beliefs and really working with them. Yeah. Yeah. But the more we play into our bodies and the more we trust you know, mm-hmm. we'll understand that we are here and we're meant to feel good. Like we're not meant to suffer yes. or struggle. That's exactly. not really what we're meant to do here, but we need to decondition. We need to uh, have that discernment, really be very, very curious about the body, never suppressing, like you said, always acknowledging mm. everything is allowed to express itself. And if we know how to hold space for ourselves, um, really tapping into sovereignty, we will understand that everything is meant to be expressed. Everything can be expressed in a healthy way if it's not suppressed. Mm. So, but we are the leaders, right? Even though we are body led, we are also the leaders internally because there is this internal landscape, but all of these different characters, we're not just one person. We have many parts and pieces in our psyche. And when we become that leader that knows how to allow everything to be expressed, but we still lead, right? Okay, this can be expressed, like you said, and I'm going to go back down here. I'm going to decide my intuition and that's how it's going to be. And thank you all for playing your role inside of me. Yes, yes. And then we can feel that freedom. We can feel that trust and that embodiment. Mm, That's so beautiful. Um, I really appreciate you so much, Hyla, for joining me today and sharing your wisdom and taking the time really to like just like break all those pieces up not only for me but for all the listeners who followed along with us um at this point though i really want to invite you to share your social media any offerings you have um website anything yeah so my social media is i am hyla Macedo, which will be easier um <laughs> i'm sure there's going to be something there in the podcast yep and My offering right now is I have a program called The Process and it's one-on-one coaching. And we go into everything that I shared, really understanding what your internal process looks like through your human design, um, learning how to use your strategy and your authority so that you can help your org field communicate properly with the external field so that you can begin to create your life from your body. Hmm. Yeah, and that's a three three to six month process right now there's a really cool offering i have a amazing friend in scotland that is offering genius biofeedback sessions and this is frequency sessions so she can read your auric field and then help recalibrate it through this system and it's a really cool thing so anyone joining the program now will have a session with her mm. Cool. Very cool. Thank you so much for sharing that with everybody. And thank you again so much for joining me today. It was lovely meeting you. Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing meeting you too. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me with today's episode. 
If you love what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on your listening platform so I can keep the goodness coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, you can interact with me and enjoy daily inspiration on Instagram at Chelsbra or visiting my website for one-to-one mentoring at chelsbra.com. I love you and appreciate you so much and can't wait to connect again in the next episode. Until then, turn your magic on loves and keep evolving.